Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today, I'm here with Michael Bloom. Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> hey, Lauren. It's so fun. So glad to be here. Oh, sweet. <laughs> So you were born in is it Montclair or? Yeah, I was born in Montclair, New Jersey, close you, close yeah. by to New York City. Like I always lived in the New York area. Mm-hmm. Are um, your parents from there as well? They're from that. My dad grew up in Connecticut. My mom grew up in Long Island. Oh. So kind of like the tri-state area. What do they do? My dad is a lawyer. He works in real estate law. My mom currently works in administration at an art museum in New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. Do you get your creative side from her then? Um, I would say a mix. I would say a mix. I think I get different pieces of my creativity from both my parents and also lots of other places. Mm-hmm. Were they the ones playing Aretha Franklin in the house when you were growing up or did you find it yourself? No, I found it myself. Oh, wow. My parents, they, my mom listened to a lot of folk music, Peter, Paul, and Mary, James Taylor. My dad actually is a big opera and classical music fan, so there was music, but definitely not like soul music and gospel music. Mm-hmm. And then you found a lot, even like NSYNC, you were listening to like NSYNC back then, right? Well, I mean, girl, NSYNC was mainstream pop in oh. 1998. Everyone was listening to NSYNC, <laughs> you know what I mean? That was just everywhere. No, but the the classic soul music, I just kind of, I don't know, I just like discovered it. It just, uh, I don't even know. It just kind of happened, like soul music is everywhere, you know. Basically, I grew up in Montclair, New Jersey, like I said, and I went to this really big public school. Mix of, mix of different people, a lot of white kids, a lot of black kids, and Jewish people, and, you know, I think all American music these days, ever, not just these days, for, for always, American music is black music, mm. and, like, basically, so much of all, of, all of, all of the American musical spirit comes from the black American spirit, you know, and so I was just lucky to live in spaces and places where I was able to study and learn from and fucking shed you know that tradition and then kind of like incorporate it into my own work and mm-hmm. um you know my own way and then mix it with my shit with my gay shit with my jewish shit with my new york shit with my yale shit yeah you know what i mean so yeah it's definitely i'm interested in recombination mm-hmm. and juxtaposition of like lots of different things but anyways i got off topic <laughs> sorry so did you grow up in a really jewish household not really Jewish like that. Um, I did have a bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. My family, you know, we were like culturally Jewish. We are culturally Jewish. I still am Jewish. Mm-hmm. I very much identify as a Jew, but I wasn't, not because of like strict orthodoxy or religiosity or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. more just culturally Jewish. And I just identify with the Jewish history and many of the Jewish traditions I love, but, you know, not in like a super religious way, so to mm-hmm. speak. And you kind of studied really hard to overcompensate for when you were closeted back then, right? I would say, yeah. Um, I, you said studied? Yeah, you studied really hard in high school. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, w- I did study hard in high school. I, um, yeah, I just think I kind of like, I was over, in many ways I overcompensated as a, as a closeted gay kid by being, by working really hard, by being like that overachieving little bitch in high school, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, had always good grades and did well on tests and shit. And like, I mean, I was smart and I still am smart, but I just think that in some ways I applied myself in certain spaces 
where I might not have applied myself if I didn't have this piece of sort of mm, self-hate, mm. internalized homophobia, lack of self-love, lack of self-worth due to the fact that I, deep down on a certain level, knew I was gay, mm. but didn't even, wasn't even out to myself. And so as a result, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be gay, fuck, I better be like fucking smartest bitch. I better be like mm. president of all these clubs. I better get into, do well in the SATs, like all of that. Did people in your high school kind of know that you were, or was it kind of like that's a that good question? Like high school, I, or? in my head, it was homophobic. Mm. In my head, yes. In my head, you know, so much has changed in the last ten years. I think with the Obama presidency, so much new shit. Like the Obama basically being like, basically Obama was the first president to be like, "Yo, gay people are cool, relax." Mm -hmm. That was a big deal, and so. I was in high school pre-Obama, and there were some openly gay kids, but, you know, even in sort of, like, liberal New Jersey, 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, I definitely didn't feel free to be myself. I definitely felt pressure. I definitely always felt myself in juxtaposition to, like, the cool boys, the football team boys, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't think it was, like, that free. I, I see these, like, you know, 12, 11, 13-year-old yeah. kids out who are just out now, and they're at the fucking parade, and they're posting on Instagram and they're gay, whatever. And it's like, that's so dope that like, they can do it. I didn't feel like I had that space when I was that age. Mm. And then when you were still in high school, you did the, you were in, doing the acapella Queens Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow, you really did your research. <laughs> Holy shit, where'd you find that? Some interview that you did said. Oh shit, yeah, when I was in high school, I was in an acapella group called The Passing Notes. Shout out to The Passing Notes. <laughs> they're still up and running. They're, they're, they're dope. Oh, wow. Yeah. Actually, cool. Passing Notes, I'm going to call you guys. <laughs> Let's do a record. No, but basically, I was like the director for two or three years. And um, it was definitely one of the first spaces that I started kind of flexing my artistry. You know, it was I kind of like was like really into it and like it was funny because it was all my friends that were in the group mm -hmm. and I was like such an annoying little like okay here's your note do 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 like I was just such a little bitch about the whole thing but it was dope but it was just funny because it was definitely one of the first spaces where I and I, I wouldn't have been able to say this then but in retrospect it was one of the first spaces that I was like okay I'm an artist and I have a vision for how this is gonna be and mm -hmm. let's make it happen and people were like word like let's do it wow. and kind of like put trust in me. it was one of the first times that like my my peers really put trust in me and honestly thinking back on it I think it was one of the formative experiences I had in terms of identifying as an artist. Mm. So you were singing like way since you were young or how? Since I was young, yeah. Um, this is so funny though. I love, I love this. It's just like, like, ah. <laughs> like you know? This is so good. But anyways, wait. And then you just decided since to I was join young. acapella. So I always sang since I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, my parents sang to me. My grandma was an opera singer. Oh, wow. There was a lot of music on my dad's side of the family. And my dad, I remember, he used to sing me to sing sing to me. To, he told me he tells me he would sing me to sleep and stuff, and I would like come in Ooh. with like a little note at the end, like mm -hmm. on pitch though, you know. So wow. I always sang and did chorus in like elementary school, and I did the plays and kind of started playing piano lessons and played trumpet. I was in the jazz band. Wow. And acapella came up in high school and I was in shows and stuff. And then I went to Yale for college and the reason I chose to go to Yale was because I felt like they had this very cool extracurricular musical 
opportunities. Oh, but I thought you only joined acapella until the last year, right? No, so I was in the group. I was in this group called the Whiffin Poofs the last year, oh, okay, which is yeah, sort of like a one. storied acapella group from Yale mm. that traveled all around the world. It was an yeah. amazing experience. But before I was in that group, I was in another group called the Duke's Men of Yale. Shout out to the Duke's Men. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a lot of acapella. It's so funny how much fucking acapella I did. It's OD. It's <laughs> That's so crazy because they sent you to like 35 countries. We did. No, it was an amazing opportunity and we traveled in the whiffs. Yeah, we literally went to 35 was countries. Was it like competitive or was it just like performances? Performances. Performances, yeah. It's like the group's been around since uh, 1909. So it has like a really a history and it has like a global audience, you know? Mm -hmm. And we would perform at places like... You know, like, we're like the Yale Whiffin' Poof, so we're gonna go perform at the fucking uh, ambassador's house in, in Paris. The American, crazy. you know what Let's I mean? Have or, like, so many crazy or like the American that. School of Dubai, you know what I mean? All these kind of yeah. really institutional places. So it was, it was definitely a specific vibe, but it was an amazing opportunity to travel and just see that much of the mm -hmm. world. Why did you decide to study Latin America? So, as I was saying before, I've always had an interest in race and identity and you know equality and justice and how our identities shape who we are and how we can understand each other better to work towards you know a fucking better world so when i was a little kid when i was 12 13 i started learning spanish i was just like a geek and i wanted to learn spanish wow and i learned it and i only listened to spanish tv and radio for like a few years and would practice every opportunity i had and i was taking spanish in school too and I just got pretty good at it. What about it was intriguing to you compared to other cultures and languages? Well, first of all, it was much more readily available. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I live in northern New Jersey. I'm in and out of New York. Like, oh, I look a little hummingbird. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it was easy for me to learn Spanish in a way that, like, I wasn't, there just wasn't the same opportunity around me to, like, learn French or Chinese or any other language. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it was Spanish TV because it's Jersey and we have, like, Telemundo and... You know, with Spanish radio, and they offered Spanish in my class. So first of all, it was just there. But I just loved this, like, language has always intrigued me, the idea of, like, communicating in different ways. And for me, so much of what I do as an artist is actually related to language, too. Like, mm -hmm. it's all about, you know, even within English, there's so many Englishes that I speak, you know? There's so many different versions of yourself that you can do within one language or, or multiple languages. And so... Mm -hmm. Learning Spanish was just like, wow, like these people can communicate with a whole different set of... It just fucking fascinated me. Yeah. Did you also go to Brazil? So yeah, then in college I went to Brazil. I, I, was, I ended up becoming Latin American Studies. I was interested in people and I had the language background and started taking Portuguese and spent some time in Brazil. <coughs> and like I ran a... My senior project was running this um, music program at an NGO in Rio. We had like an adult choir and a children's choir and I was there for a summer and taught them a whole bunch of music, mostly like R&B and soul music from the United States. Some of it we translated into Portuguese, other they did in English. And we did a whole show and it was like amazing and I very much felt connected to the city and the space and I super miss Brazil and want to go back to Brazil. Oh. Yeah, so hopefully, you know, my, my career is at a point now where we're really building in the United States but I very much <coughs> dream of taking my band and my project like playing rock in Rio is one of my mm. fucking biggest dreams oh. for the big festival in Rio so I think it, I know that it's gonna happen mm -hmm. so you know just see you soon yeah. até logo <laughs> Brasil <laughs>
And were your parents supportive of you doing Latin America? Like, did, did they kind of figure out like, what career you wanted to be? Because back then you weren't really wanting to be like, musician, a full-time musician. Yeah. yeah. They, <coughs> yeah, they were down. They were cool with me being yeah. with me doing Latin American. Um, I think they were just excited for me to be in school, and so and doing my thing. So, yeah. Did you kind were, of? see it like what was your career going to be at that point I really didn't know I thought maybe I'd be a diplomat or a mm. teacher or an a- academic or maybe I'd move back to Brazil and like maybe teach music or work in education in Brazil or community organizing um, but then sometime around around that Brazil time slash that with and poof time 2011-2012 that's when I kind of was like actually like I'm an artist and I want to make things and I want to fucking like write songs that I share with people and put on a show and build a platform where I can talk about important things through my music and expand and do visuals and fashion mm-hmm. and you know like create a universe and so were you already like writing your own songs way before that I was. But you weren't putting it out. Or Correct. You were. I started putting, I only started putting out like, there's some YouTube videos, most of which I've taken down now, that I put out my senior year, which would have been like 2012, 2012, 2013. But I took most of them down. But that was the first time that I started like, as Michael Bloom. Like, it's, mm. you know what I mean? Because I was in a band, before, I was in a band though before that, but it wasn't called Michael Bloom and I was writing songs in that band. But it was like I was a closeted songwriter. I was like a, you know what I mean? I was a closeted artist. Oh, I, yeah. So when did you come out? As an artist? That's yeah. Right. I came out as an artist is like around then, 2012, 2013. Oh. And it, you know, like talk, to your personal friends like way before. You mean as a, as a gay person? Yeah. Right. So it's like two different, I do feel like they were both coming out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but I came out as a, as a queer person and a gay person in 20, 2009 oh. yeah like when I was like 18 19 but I had like come out to some friends before that you know mm-hmm. yeah and then so what happened after college so after college girl let's see I'm fucking so I moved to New York mm-hmm. so I was like okay I'm an artist I did my last year at Yale and I finished my Latin American degree I wrote a paper but I was like doing my own project. I had my own band. I had a band called Michael Bloom and the Cousins. Shout out to the Cousins. Is that the one that you did a lot of like wedding performances? No, this was still at Yale. Oh, okay. Wedding is in New York. So I moved to New York and I was like, okay, I'm an artist. How am I gonna do this? So I had to get a job. So I, I actually got a job for, I worked for several years as a personal assistant, an executive assistant to a very wealthy private individual. <laughs> that's um, so random yeah they, you, you know find that? I was like okay I could be a waiter I could tutor the SATs which I also did um, but basically I I don't know my mom suggested you know being a personal assistant and I figured I felt like it was a, it was good because it would probably pay decently well yeah and maybe be flexible hours and maybe like use a lot of my administrative and kind of like admin skills that I really had developed like I'm I'm an amazing email writer. Mm. Like, honestly, I'm very proud of my email writing <laughs> skills, I have to say. If you need an email drafted, <laughs> holler at me. Sometimes I draft my team's emails. I'm like, okay, that's cute, but let me actually just... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But anyway, so I became a personal assistant. I, I was supporting myself doing that. Did you like it? No. But it was, a, it was you know, it was, a, uh, uh, it was, you know, an experience. And I mean, I didn't... 
you know, I didn't, it wasn't the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. I was also doing SATs, and then I started doing my wedding band gigs too. And that's where I met a lot of my musician friends. Um, and I kind of started building a live show in New York. We played at the bitter end a lot. And some of that, you know, I started off doing the songs that I did at Yale. I had some songs that took me to New York and I kept writing more songs and my catalog grew and I started doing shows and I love the live space. I love performing in live spaces. Did you like performing for weddings? I do, yeah. Mm. It, it's, 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 sometimes the weddings are stressful because it's, you know, a lot of times I would be running the wedding, singing the wedding, running sound for the wedding, wow. <laughs> communicating with the band, running the band, communicating with the bride or the party planner or whatever. So it's like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome grandpa to the microphone to say the blessing. Put your hands oh, together. Oh, so like an MC too. And I'm like, five, six, seven, eight. My girl, like I'm full on like Whoa. that bitch. And watch out. Yeah. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Hi. Good afternoon. Thank you. <laughs> um, da -da -da -da. So yeah, the weddings and definitely a formative part of my musical experience in New York. Mm. And I think also in New York, I just like became more <laughs> in touch with my queerness and in touch with myself. I'm still becoming in touch with myself, still learning myself every day. And then what happened after? And so meanwhile, I have been putting out, I put out this first song called Manufactured Love. I, I linked it with this producer named Brady Watt. Shout out to Brady Watt. Dope producer in New York, bass player, composer. He produced my whole first EP. And um, the first song that we ever did together, Manufactured Love, kind of took off, got a little viral. And from that, some opportunities came up with management and some industry opportunities came up. I'm gonna take my jacket off. Oh, yeah. And, um... That's, so they kind of just found you just from that song? You know, more and more, that's kind of the vibe where it's like, anyone can put out music these days, right? On the internet. Mm-hmm. And then if it does well, you know, for whatever reason on Spotify, <coughs> labels just have people combing the charts, combing what goes viral. So much new shit goes viral all the time. And so much of it is independent people wherever because they're just in their bedroom uploading tracks, you know? And so these labels are like all hitting up these artists with like these buzzing songs to try to like snag them, you know? Mm. The music industry is so fucked up, it's so weird so weird it's like so because it's changing so much in many ways the changes have been like shitty but in other ways it's been great because honestly independent artists are on the rise in a really cool way and then how long after until you signed so i signed with an independent label on like two and a half years ago oh. um how did yeah, you realize I, that was the right time i mean you never really know mm. you know you never know like how do you know it was the right time? Did you know? I mean, maybe you do have more certainty. I don't know. I'm always, you know, I'm certain of my uncertainty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've been working with the team. We put out, just put out a new EP, um, Cynicism and Sincerity, like a week ago. Oh, wow. Because the world right now is dark and scary, and that's fucked up. And the Muslim ban, and these fucking kids being stripped from their parents, and all this other fucked up shit, and fucking Donald Trump. And it's really easy to be cynical and be like, yo, fuck everything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I believe that the path forward has cynicism, but also sincerity. And that's where the name of the EP comes from. Because even though I'm like, fuck everything, I'm also like, but hold up. 
I do sincerely believe in the power of love and the power of music and the power of art and the power of hope and the power of openness, transparency, pain, anger, rage, redemption. I do believe in these things and I do, do believe that they can create a path forward, you know what I mean? And so it's also like if we come together and we do the right shit and we listen and we do it, like we can get through it, you know what I mean? And we have to, it has to be both. It has to be cynical and sincere. And I can be both at the exact same time. And that's what EP is about, that you can be this and that, that you think are utter opposites. You can be both fully at the same time. Yeah. You can be a man and a woman at the same time. You can be cynical and sincere at the same time. You can be old and young. You can be progressive and traditional. You can be gay and straight at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you, you see yourself more like a community leader, right? Well, you know, I think, you know, I think that I aim to uh, provide and contribute to my community with these ideas, with with these ideas and these messages of self um, manifestation, of, of 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 writing your own story, of being whoever you want to be, and supporting others to be whoever they want to be, and understanding that inside of you there are multitudes, and there are contradictions, and there are contrast and there are opposites and there are op- you know opposites I already said that but and that's dope and that's okay and it's beautiful and no one else can be you the way you can be you and so keep fucking being you and tell your girl to be her too and just do what you fucking need because I don't know what you need and you don't fucking know what I need so just do what you need to do I'm gonna do what I need to do and then let's just love each other after that <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying I love that you know what I'm saying yeah. like it's really not that complicated but then we have people who are mad cue my song are you mad that I'm gay Ah, which is not about being gay, it's about being yourself. Are you mad that I'm me? Because if so, go take care of your own goddamn self. Mm-hmm. Oof, oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How would you say your music has changed since the early songs you wrote? Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think I'm less... Um, personally at stake Mm. if that makes sense you know I think there was a period of my creativity where I felt like it always had to be for me which is a vibe and it's great to make stuff for myself but it's also okay and important for me to make things that I don't necessarily need as much other people might need or that I might think might be interesting or offensive to other people. Mm. Um, that's one way it's changed. Another way it's changed is that I've definitely aesthetically um, ex- continued to expand. Um, you know, the sonic worlds that I draw from are diverse snippets of the American pop, like kind of sonic canon, so to speak. Um, and, you know, it's hip hop, it's pop, it's R&B. It's electronica, um, it's rap, it's soul music, it's, it's all those things. Um, there's also, I feature a lot more of my band on these records, oh, which I'm proud nice. of and excited about. Like there's just a lot of like live horns and live, live singing and live drums and live, a lot of live everything, um, which is dope. And I'm lucky to have like such an amazing crew of homies and friends who play the fuck down in New York mm-hmm. and um, you know it's been really dope to grow the project with that community and collective of musicians and artists and then still involve them and yeah. have them on the shit what would you say have been your biggest challenges so far 
Ooh. My biggest challenges so far. Um. Am I allowed to take time to think? Like, will you? Will yeah, you? yeah. Okay. Should right. I pause it? No, no, no. Don't pause it. Oh, okay. I just got stuck for a sec, but I got you. Okay. I think my biggest challenge is so far, you know, just like really creating space for myself outside of the work is an important thing. You know, I care so much about my work, and it's really, in many ways, been my life for the last five years. You know, everything has been about the project and about growing the project and I'm learning that as important as my work is to me, I don't want it to be everything. Mm -hmm. It can't be everything. Because then my happiness is dictated by the up and down that I'm, that I'm assessing my project mm. at. And it's like, there might be days where I'm like, fuck, we didn't get this opportunity or this song, I don't like the song or we didn't get this press or this show went poorly or whatever and I'm feeling shit about my work. But that doesn't mean that I should be feeling shit about myself as a human. And it's been really important for me to carve out that space for me as a human to exist distinct from me as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. What does love mean to you? Oh. Do not ask me how my love life is. <laughs> my love life is my life. And I'm not concerned with definitions otherwise. <laughs> <sighs> what does love mean to me? Love is God. Love is the spirit. Love is the wind. Love is the water. Love is everything and everything is love as Beyonce and Jay-Z just put it on their most recent album. Mm. <laughs> you know, love is the stars. Love is the galaxy. Love is just literally everything. It's the power, the force that keeps us doing and trying and living and striving and crying and screaming fucking mm -hmm. you know then there's more traditional definitions of love you know we talk a lot about well I talk a lot about traditional romantic love which is a more narrow definition uh, you know where you have two people who love each other and we have a lot of language to support this narrative soulmate oh my better half oh don't worry you're single you'll find somebody too we talk a lot about it in the context of romance romantic love a lot of my work is interested in dissecting and unpacking this con construct of romantic love. You know, I'm interested in what it means to have a non-sexual lover or a non-romantic lover or a partner who maybe you're not romantically involved in but is your partner in, a, in, in, in that mm. way, in that kind of like, that's your person type way. I'm interested in partnerships that involve two, three, four, five, six people. I'm interested in community partnership. Um, at the same time, and here's the cynical and sincere part, like I'm cynical, you know, I'm kind of rolling my eyes like, oh love, and especially working as a wedding singer, I'm kind of like, yo, fuck weddings, mm. fuck all that shit, like, I seen the same bitch in the same dress wearing the fucking same flowers last weekend, bitch, and like, <laughs> they played the same song for the fucking entrance, but these girls think that it's the most important day of their life, mm. you know, and they're so invested, and they're so, it's crazy how invested we are in the wedding structure and that love mm -hmm. industrial complex. And I support love, I love, like, if you want to get married and live your life with that person, God bless you, live, be happy, do what you gotta do. But I'm interested in kind of like tearing down the system that we as a society subscribe to where we uphold romantic love to the highest standard, you know? Mm. It's like, oh, you don't have a boyfriend, I'm so sorry, you're sad. Like, you know, I'm interested in what it means to value and create space for other <coughs> types of love. Mm -hmm. 
And at the same time, I want to know what love is like in that way. And that's one of the songs on my EP is called I Want to Know. Because I've never had like a boyfriend boyfriend in that way. And like I said, my work has really been my boyfriend for much of the last five years. Boyfriend in that sense. And so even though I'm kind of like skeptical of spectacles that put love on display, I'm skeptical of like all that love shit. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm kind of like, oh, but I kind of want to know. Because there's enough people in my life that I trust and love who have had that experience, who have had love like that, who say it's fucking great, to the point that I'm like, damn, like, I should at least try it. I should see what it's like. So slide in the DMs, boys, <laughs> because she's available. She's bi-coastal. She's international. <laughs> I love that. Last question. What do you want to be remembered for? <clears throat> I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know yet. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right now I want to be remembered for having a dope live show, for writing cool songs, for being honest, for being a good listener, for being a good question asker, for being a good lover, for supporting all kinds of love, for supporting the self, for, you know, trying to make space, trying to liberate. Yeah. 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 I love that. This yeah. is awesome. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. That's it. We're done. I'm yeah. This is so, so fun. Oh, yay. What else, we, what else should we leave them on? Should we sing a little song? I can't sing this. Girl, please. you got a little vocal. Come on. You know, what do you please know? Do, what, do you know so Amazing well. Grace? What can we sing together? <laughs> I guess Amazing Grace. Okay, ready? <laughs> amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. That's it. <laughs> okay. Give it up, y'all. Oh, and also let me just tell them my socials and shit. Yeah. Yo, come follow me, check out the music. Michael Bloom B L U M E, like you and me. I'm at M Bloom Music everywhere. Insta, Twitter, da 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 Facebook, pa 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 all that. <laughs> so stay in touch, check out the music, come to a show. And um thank you for having me, love. This is really a treat. Oh sweet. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye.